0: Today on this Shrewd Dudes Podcast, we're going to talk about some crazy protesters and how they're going way too far in their quest for the new thing. We're also going to talk about how Twitter, guess what? Twitter is now under new management and we are super excited. We're going to talk about all the crazy reactions to that whole little debacle. America is um, basically got nothing. And they're pretty much going to lose. So they're just throwing everything in the kitchen sink at uh, this upcoming election. Uh, Food plants are mysteriously going up in flames. We're going to figure out what the heck's going on with that. Uh, Several studies are showing that COVID is not a thing, and also that uh, Canadian media thinks COVID is a thing. And finally, we're going to talk about uh, a a lesser-known Canadian politician and how she is owning the legacy media. I'm excited to see you tonight, and I hope you are too on the Shrewd Dudes Podcast.
1: Okay, okay, okay. Welcome back to another Tuesday Newsday. And Danny, yeah, yeah, what yeah. the heck?
0: I think that was like my best uh, intro yet. Actually, I'm actually pretty happy about that. COVID is a thing.
1: Oh, I. <laughs> it's not COVID It's is... not like <laughs> dangerous or bad.
0: No, 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 no. What I'm saying is like you know, like the idea of like that COVID is that the, wor- the world, the world-ending oh, pandemic. Oh, yes. That COVID okay. is like the end of the world that we need to still be freaking out that. Uh, you know, like, you know, like, you know, like Kermit the Frog running around, like that. Um, because they're basically saying like, yeah, like lockdowns, like, you know, COVID is not as dangerous as we think it is. But the legacy media keeps trying to push that. Yes, it is. And that we have to be, be afraid, be afraid.
1: Oh, yeah. No, I totally had that. Like over the weekend, I was, I I had these two people on like the Canadian apologetics group mm, Jojo's group yeah and they yeah. were like lockdowns are the greatest thing ever and masks are the greatest <laughs> thing ever and the vaccines were most wonderful thing ever uh, and like churches that didn't shut down were like evil. are guilty, are evil and guilty evil. of heresy and I'm like okay Guilt like let's grandma. just talk over a few things mm-hmm. and oh like I had to call the one guy I had to call both of them out because I'm like This is not okay. Mm -hmm. No. Because I'm like, okay, like, is is going to church on, like, is doing church online? Like, is that biblical? And they're like, Uh in dire circumstances, yes. And I'm like, you realize that, like, in September, Afghanistan, Afghani Christians still went to church, even though at any moment people could, like, they could knock on their door and kill them all with AKs. They still went to church. You realize that
0: the early Christians... Yeah, catacombs so mm-hmm. they could have church even while they were being hunted like animals.
1: Yep. Mm. But mm, mm. A, a flu. And they're like, COVID is not a flu. And I'm like, well, by all rational criteria, COVID has it basically bad- the same. It has the same death statistics as the flu. I
0: mm. actually explained that to somebody. Um I explained to them, that, like, you know, if you look at the actual 2020 numbers, the actual Death toll, so to speak, of the of COVID that year was essentially a a really bad flu year.
1: Mm -hmm. That's pretty much what it was. Yeah, it was a bad flu year. Well, yeah, I was like pointing out statistics, and I'm like, okay, like all the data shows the lockdowns were not effective. No, the lockdowns saved millions of lives, and every study that claims that the lockdowns were not effective has like methodical errors, and they were like confirmation bias. And I'm like, there are hundreds of studies that show that the lockdowns were ineffective. Are you trying to claim this about every single one? And they're like, yes, I am a scientist. And I'm like, (laughs) you are a liar. Oh, boy. And I'm like, okay, like, debunk this one. one. This is just Mm -hmm. the first one I found on Google. Mm -hmm. And they didn't. They just, like, referred me to, like, this thread where they debunked or they attempted to debunk another study. And I'm like... (laughs) <laughs> and then they're it's like tough. oh look at like the vaccine was so wonderful look at Ontario statistics and I'm like and look at Alberta statistics it's mm-hmm. not a universal accepted fact that the unvaccinated are more at risk than the vaccinated and look at the British statistics which mm. are probably the most accurate statistics yes, they out are.
0: there and they show a completely different story mm-hmm. look at Israel statistics where you have an incredibly amazing um Uh, Because, like, Israel is entirely Pfizer. Yeah. They're exclusively Pfizer. So you can get a very good read on exactly how, uh, you know, the unvaccinated and vaccinated did. And they did not do that well.
1: No. So the the one guy was like, I'm a scientist. And the other guy is just like, I will not engage with you because (laughs) you prefer to believe misinformation. And I'm Uh like, you realize that you were like, this is a dangerous attack on other Christians. If yeah. you try and make this claim. And he's like, yeah. why are you getting all emotional? And I'm like, <laughs> why? are?" I'm like, A, this is a text conversation. So you don't know exactly how I'm responding. And I'm being fairly yep. matter of fact in that
2: yep.
1: this is not a biblical response mm-hmm. to attack someone like this. Mm-hmm. I'm simply saying what you're saying
0: is verifiably false
1: is verifiably false. And I'm like, I can provide you. And I was like, I'll happily provide you the statistics. And he's like, I don't need to read them. I've already read all the (laughs) statistics available and you're Mm -hmm. just believing lies. But I am, I am,
0: I am so convinced of my position that I'm super closed-minded. Mm-hmm. I mean, open-minded, but also I, I am un, incapable of proving you wrong. Yeah. Hence, I'm just going to tell you, like, Google it. You know, like that's yeah. what they always do. And I, oh, by the way, the, the one, okay, I I, 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 really quick, I found out the difference between misinformation and disinformation today mm. from uh, John Carpe. Apparently, disinformation is when it, when you intentionally mislead people. And misinformation is when you do it accidentally. So M for mistaken and D for deliberate. deliberate. I was like, mm. That's a good little guide. So yep.
1: continue. Oh, yeah. So I'm trying to recall my train of thought. Recall my train of thought.
0: You got this. Oh, yes, so yes, yes, yes.
1: So I asked them. I asked this one yep. guy. I'm like, okay. Fi- like final legitimate question to you because you're like totally distancing yourself and you're like, I am the glorious leader. I am always right. Yeah. <laughs> and so I was like, okay. Are you okay with churches? Like, is it okay to make it mandatory to be vaccinated to go to church? And he's like, it should be, like, it should be up to the choices of the people. And I'm like, okay, well, that's good. And he's like, it also should be up to the choices of the churches if they want to mandate vaccines. I'm like, heresy! Heresy! pretty much. much. Then he stopped responding, and I'm like, yep, you're a heretic, bud. You're a heretic. Straight up. up. I'm like, you can't defend that biblically. So it's like, nope, you can't go to church unless Mm -hmm. you've taken... This experimental shot. He's like, it's not an experiment, and I'm like, yes, it is.
0: Chapter and verse, bro. Chapter yep. and verse.
1: Anyways, so we've basically gone on this massive tangent about this conversation.
0: This is a good little story, though. It this is a good is little exactly, story. This story shows what we're all about. The shrewd dudes, uh, and like both you and I, we're all about like teaching people not only how to think critically, but how to argue in a more effective way. That's yeah. that's our whole shtick. That's what we want to do, and. What get us information if you don't know how to like how to apply how it, to use it, if, how to apply it like you know effectively? So I think that I don't think that's a deviation. I think that's more of a example of exactly what we're trying to do here. So mm-hmm. hey, yeah.
1: make people more shrewd. Yay. shrewd. Right. Anyways, and we're gonna have another cover. S- try and analyze stories, mm-hmm. and do a shrewd interpretation of them. So let's <laughs> jump into story number one, which is kind of nutty.
0: Let's oh, just... I love this. I, I I was like so excited when I saw this. I was like, oh, dang. Mm-hmm. It was good. It was All really right. good. All
1: right. So from Louder with Crowder, animal rights Are activist storms NBA court. Immediately gets put down by security.
0: Like a calf by security.
1: <laughs> so we're going to have to read the story from the New York Post, but here's the video because it's... so good. All right. It happens really fast, so you got to be aware. <laughs>
0: Boom! Damn. Oh! Look her down! Yeah. Oh, one more time, Steve, one more time, one more time. Well, here's the I stop.
1: <laughs> Oh, it's already in. Boom. Boom! your cap! Yeah. Oh, it's so epic. And then the there's, was, yeah, this is the
0: this other angle. So so before you play this, like the thing is it's super fast. So like when you watch it, you're like, where did that person come from? And then you realize they knew who she was. And and the guy, if you if you look there at the a guard, he's watching her the entire time. Mm-hmm. He was literally sitting there like a lion about to pounce on the gazelle. And the second the gazelle like takes off, like boom, he's on. It is it is it was really epic.
1: So here's this video.
0: Watch, watch. Watching her. This chick right here. Girls, guard. the camera. And it is... <laughs> like, bam! No! Not on my watch, girl! Woo! Take it down. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that cop that could cop really, like, be a, a, a cattle warper.
1: Yep. So you know, so take
0: down the calf. You know. <laughs> animal <laughs> rights
1: awesome. protester in referee jersey. Storms court of Minnesota Timberwolves playoff game. So, wearing an NBA referee jersey, an animal rights activist stormed the court during the Minnesota Timberwolves and Memphis Grizzlies playoff game at Minnesota's Target Center Saturday night. The third protester removed from the court in 10 days.
0: The
2: Who was lot.
1: sitting in the second row courtside behind Timberwolves owner Glenn Taylor as she forced her way onto the court. as players fought for a rebound with 10.44 left in the third quarter. She was quickly tackled, immediately tackled,
0: Yeah, like while players experience.
1: raced for a loose ball until the refs blew the whistle as she was dragged off the court. Mm-hmm. She was identified as Sasha Zemmel of St. Louis in a statement from the animal rights, direct action everywhere.
2: Mm. She
1: wore a makeshift referee jersey with the number 5.3 displayed on the back in honor of the 5.3 million chickens killed a after chicken. a bird flu outbreak. At Rembrandt Enterprises, an egg factory farm owned by Taylor, the organization claimed she appeared to be wearing a maroon jacket over the gray jersey where she was tackled by security. <laughs> she attempted to whistle the stop play as she approached Taylor at his courtside seat to issue a technical foul and ejection along with a fine against Forbes richest billionaire in Minnesota. This is the third protest at the Timberwolves game orchestrated by the organization. Okay. Okay. So,
0: so uh, they talked about this on Lottery Crowder. I loved it. But like, what they what they said is like, she had a plan. She was literally. She thought, I'm gonna run onto the court. I'm gonna blow a whistle and like, you know, like, like you know, hit, hit, like and you know, know, I will caught, control like, play. And I will control the play. And everyone's just gonna be like, oh, I guess they, they're referee. Oh,
1: we do Referees can just and run she, onto the field because apparently they see yes, apparently. Stands.
0: Just like no one's gonna notice that she just came off the stands, like ran onto the the, the court off the stands, and then she's like her, her master plan was to like yeah. like you know to to have like a technical foul on the owner, which totally R- reminds me. In it, it
1: totally reminds me of the the kind Jeez. of Facebook clips and YouTube reels, <clears throat> like little audio track where it's like no one's gonna know. They're gonna know. <laughs> know it's like, no one's gonna know they're gonna know and then eventually it says <laughs> how would they know when this one it's just like oh they know it's like they knew before you even they knew. touched the court it was crazy it was great but like
0: the fact that she had like this this kind of stuff happens in seconds and she had like this elaborate plan like a five-step plan yeah and uh, like sometimes you actually wonder like Like, these people are, like, legitimately have no sense of reality. Mm -hmm. None. Yeah, Completely detached from reality. It's
1: crazy. I would just, I would love for them to be like, try this at a hockey game. (laughs) Well, there's a reason that you can't, you basically do not have protest. Like, you can't do this at hockey games is because you'd have to jump over the, you'd have to jump over the glass. Yeah. You'd fall 30 feet onto the ice. Yeah. So there are no protesters. That, that is why the, you don't have an, it, and you also,
0: you also don't have streakers on the ice because <laughs> it is strong cold out there. You're gonna freeze your.
2: Actually, your reminds me of,
1: <laughs> um, reminds me of an episode of Malcolm in the Middle. Where he jumped on like, the ice? No, he didn't jump on the ice, but he purposely sabotaged his like, uh, his rec league team because okay. he tried to bet on them. And then he purposely, okay. he was the equipment manager, and he, like, purposely sabotaged, like, unscrewing their skate blades and such. <laughs> and then when they found out, they dragged him naked behind the Zamboni for 20 minutes. And he's like, how you doing there, Francis? And he's like, cold. Yeah. All right, well, you got into the next public skate time. That's in 20 minutes. <laughs> okay, I deserve this. <laughs> That was a good punishment, actually. Yeah, it was. It was pretty funny. I was like, okay, I like this, this, is, this is quirky and funny. But this is like, like this is not the only activist to be making headlines this week. And the mm. other activist this week was, was even more crazy. Was even more crazy, mm. and has possible dangerous outcomes later on. So pictured climate activist 50 who died after lighting himself ablaze in front of the Supreme Court on Earth Day wrote 422 2022 and a fire emoji, emoji in a Facebook post from 2020 when Gross. Bruce of Boulder Colorado set himself on fire in the court's plaza he was a Buddhist and often posts about climate change on Facebook last year 2020 he wrote the date 422 22 and a fire emergency emoji, emoji under a post Police are investigating and have yet to reveal a motive for his actions. Really?
0: Um, I'm going to go with crazy.
1: Yeah. A Buddhist priest who knew him said his death was not a suicide, but a deeply fearless act of compassion. Of course it was. So, yeah. In May 2019. Well, that was for a different reason. Mm -hmm. So, a climate activist who died. Uh, He lit himself on fire. On the Courts Plaza at around 6.30pm Friday, he suffered critical burns and was pronounced dead at a local hospita- hospital on Saturday. Wait,
0: you die if you set yourself on fire? What? What, what the crap?
1: Yep. So on October 30th, about- 2020, he shared a link to an online class on climate change offered by Ex- edX, a free online course pro- program. Last April, he went back and commented 411 422, 22 along with a fire emergency- emoji. Why do I keep saying emergency? I
0: don't know, because it is an emergency. It was
1: an emergency. Surveillance <laughs> footage of the immediate aftermath of the fire show police officers as they attempt to calm Bruce, who can be heard screaming, no duh. <laughs> oh, this hurts a lot more than I thought it would. <laughs> yeah, so this Sweet. is this dude who set himself on fire. He already mm-hmm. looks a little wacky, but this mm-hmm. was his post. Little wacky so old. October 30th, 2020, and then commented with this. So this is a little picture of what's going on. This is a Buddhist priest who knew him, saying, This guy was my friend. He meditated with our sangha. This act is not suicide. It was a deeply fearless act of compassion to bring attention to the climate crisis. We are piecing together info, but he had been planning it for at least a year. Win, Bruce. I am so moved. It's like, oh, my gosh. You shouldn't be moved. You should be. Hmm. There is a serious problem with this.
0: Go to the image above. Uh, above this one, yeah. Click on that. Uh, like this guy is just like insane. Like what he does. Oh, like completely. Basically, like, you can you can you can scroll through them on the bottom there. But basically, like this guy, um, essentially, like you know he, uh, like this is the thing. Oh, like that's you know, a, he basically...
1: last a couple years ago. Was that the other one? No, this is the guy. This was the 2019. He let himself on fire in a field. Oh, okay, okay. Um, now I will say this. I have heard of Buddhist
0: uh, monks doing this and, and historically like this. I, I have heard of like, you know, I, and but they, they were usually like, like almost like in a more crazy Buddhist kind of pose mm-hmm. where they light themselves a fire, but they're in a, they're in a meditation pose. Like they're like sitting with yeah. their legs crossed and their hands down. And they basically like, you know, they don't even move. They're, they're, they're just completely serene until basically they die because fire kills. Go figure. Um, but like, I, I don't know what he was trying to accomplish. Like there is some sort of insanity in the climate change crowd yeah, where they will do things that make no sense. Like here in Alberta, there was, uh, an incident that, uh, I think it was a Hutterite right, uh, Turkey colony. Oh yeah. And they, yeah, they had like some back. climate. Yeah. They had some animal rights activists and they, they just... basically like. They, they had a sit-in. They broke in. They broke into the actual, like you know, turkey thing and all that, and then they negotiated, so to speak, uh, with uh, the police and all that. And they basically ended up taking a
1: bunch of turkeys that ended up well, getting killed anyway. They had a they had a sit-in, but they yep. did. They had a sit-in, and the Hutterites called the police because uh-huh. they're like, "Well, we're not going to remove you by force because we're not violent." We're and the police <laughs> are just like, "Yeah, well, it'd be bad PR if we removed them." Mm-hmm. So, how about police you just... Are... How about you give them a turkey, and then <laughs> they'll leave? A couple turkeys. Because we did. talked to them, and they said they'd leave if you gave them a turkey each. And the yep. rights are like, you're legalizing theft mm-hmm. for these animal rights activists. The police are like, yeah, we know. But this is but much easier This for is us. easier than forcibly removing them, and mm-hmm. you guys are not going to be forcing them out because then it'll be a it'll be bad pr for you a little bit and you guys are by default nonviolent.
0: yeah and then you have like the crazy like climate climate um uh, protesters mm-hmm. like that, that those are the animal ones then you have the climate ones i'm one of my, one of my favorite scenes these two climate activists like extension rebellion I think it was in France. I could be wrong. Maybe mm-hmm. one of the European countries. They basically got on top of a metro, of a, yep. uh, mm-hmm. a train, a passenger train. And they basically sat there and refused to move because climate. Yeah. That was their whole shtick. Well,
1: and, and, do you remember a couple of years about, ago in Edmonton? What happened there? So in Edmonton, I forget exactly what road it was, but there was about 20 Extinction Rebellion activists. Oh, and they they, blocked hand, the highway. they handcuffed themselves and blocked a bridge,
2: yeah, which is like the, the main bridge.
1: yeah the major bridge into downtown Edmonton for like three hours yep. in minus twelve or thirteen,
0: something crazy like that. And
1: yeah. so like there was a blockage for like four hours, and people were running out of gas in their cars, yeah, sitting there because it's cold mm-hmm. and they have to run all the fans, mm-hmm. and the police are like, well. We can't do. We anything. can't. Ref- we can't remove them. And they're like, they arrested the one guy because I think he had a set of bolt cutters. Yeah, and he tried to like take a bolt cutter to their handcuffs so they could mm-hmm. be forcibly removed. And they arrested him mm-hmm. for like threats and assault.
0: Yep, that also happened at the oh the trains. the, the, the trains so yep. somebody tried to remove
3: one the, of the blockades. The,
0: yeah, the one of the blockades, and the police arrested him. So this is like how backwards it is, yep. but. Basically, what is going on is the protesters are getting more, more and bold. more nutty and more and more bold. Yeah, and this is downright yep. getting like, to the point where you, it's you start thing.
1: what well, like, and we were talking about this a little bit before the show, you start wondering what they're going to do mm-hmm. because, like, and we were talking about this earlier. Whenever I think of radical climate activists, I always think of Thanos, and people are like, why do you think of Thanos? Like, Thanos mm-hmm. was. Like, he wanted to make sure that there was equity for everybody and everyone would have a fair chance. And I'm like, Thanos wanted to reduce the total population Uh so that there would be more resources to go around. That -hmm. reminds us of the overpopulation myth. Which has been debunked. Which has been totally debunked. But it's propagated by people like Bill Gates and others. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That we need to, of course, for climate, we need to reduce the total population because there's this myth of scarcity Mm -hmm. if we have too many people on earth Mm -hmm. and what did Thanos do of course this is a movie but what did he do he killed half the population of the universe Mm -hmm. so but the problem yeah the problem is that people today are even calling for
0: similar things they're saying Mm -hmm. you know stop having children because apparently that causes Like you know, overpopulation and oh stop. yeah, like
1: there's Facebook Let and Twitter your posts. Died where, or yeah, there's Facebook and Twitter posts where they're like, "I can't bring a kid into the world justifiably because mm-hmm. climate change is going to is going to kill them eventually because mm-hmm. we have too many people on the earth." And then, mm-hmm. like, you think of other of other films and TV. Like, I think I think it's the day the Earth stood still. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like the new one with I think it had Kiana Reeves, and in that movie. A long time. I haven't watched in a long time, but it's essentially like, yep, uh, humans are destroying the planet, and so in order for the the Earth, we have to rescue the planet, and so we have to kill all the humans. Yeah, it's like, no.
0: Yeah the the problem yeah the problem with these kind of shows is or these kind of ideas is that their solutions are always more evil and more crazy mass than the supposed happening. problem. Well, it's, it's insane when you yeah. think about it, like, uh, like, you know, they're like, Oh, there's too many people. Oh, well, how do we solve that problem? Uh, mass killing.
1: Yep. Kill a whole bunch. That, of
0: that, that's, that's totally normal. Sterilization. And what, uh, Forced of abortions. I, yeah. One of the things I hate about the climate alarmists is that most of their solutions would result in the death of like millions of people. Mm-hmm. like, even if you think about like not allowing developing countries like Africa or like the Southeast Asia to have like, you know, like, like better electricity and, and um, power, then they're basically, you're basically forcing them to die. because Or well, even
1: if you think about like the notion of carbon neutral, like mm-hmm. what happened a couple years ago when there was the, like the great freeze of Texas mm-hmm. and they were relying, like the, the gas lines, unfortunately froze. And Mm -hmm. so they were only relying on renewable energy
2: and And there were (laughs) plenty of people
1: that died from exposure Mm -hmm. because that's what happened. And like, that's just relying on renewables. Mm -hmm. It's like, well, renewables are not carbon neutral. Hmm. So if you're only, if you're trying to strive for carbon neutral, then millions of people will die because we can't fight the climate on our own. Yeah. Particularly We cannot with, fight um, the conditions.
0: Particularly with solar power in the middle of winter. Yep. Figure.
1: Last Go week figure. we had a blizzard that just mm-hmm. came up out of nowhere. It mm-hmm. wasn't super cold, but if it was and we didn't have any power to heat our homes, you'd have a whole bunch of people huddling for warmth. Mm-hmm. And then a lot of people would die. Yeah.
0: And I mean it all Which just doesn't back to it what doesn't you.
1: bother these people.
0: No, it goes back to what you said at the beginning. Like the people these people that you were talking to, they're basically like, Nope, nope, nope,
1: nope, nope, nope. I'm right, I'm right, I'm, I'm right, right or I'm wrong. Right. And and, and this you have to what, think of my my plans as though they are supreme.
0: Yeah, my plans are unquestionable and perfect and, mm-hmm. and have no flaws. And whoever whatsoever. gets
1: hurt so well.
0: Yeah, it's it's all for the greater good. Yeah. That's basically the whole uh, whole it approach. But, but we do have to anyways, move on. Speaking of the greater good, yeah,
1: speaking of the greater good, someone who has denied and defied the overpopulation ideal, let's talk about Elon Musk and his buying of Twitter. Elon, 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 yeah. Elon. <laughs> well, I always, I always go back to all hail, Elon. <laughs> I've been mean, using I still it since man. the beginning. I know. So yeah. this is Joe Rogan responding this is the reaction.
0: Hey, don't give it away. Just let him go. Let okay. Him go. Just get in there. Just to let you know. Not
1: safe for work.
0: Full screen it.
1: Okay, fine. Not safe for work. Just letting people know. This is where we find ourselves with Elon Musk about to buy
0: Twitter. Yeah, I saw that. Apparently, it's going down. Happened. Happened. Oh
1: shit! What? Oh shit!
0: The press release has been announced.
1: (gasps) Elon Musk just bought Twitter. We got a movie star (laughs) cut type of a superhero. It's like a movie. (laughs) Like if you had a movie and there was. Oh boy.
0: Yeah, Elon. So, so Joe Rogan is a huge fan. Like he loves. Oh Elon
1: yeah. Musk. Um, they weed together.
0: And, uh, oh, I would not be surprised. They're oh no, old, there's there's a, a video of
1: him weird. in the studio, and Elon is just like blazing. <laughs> <It was funny. laughs> <laughs> I'm like, okay, that's kind of dumb, but it's also funny. Uh-huh. So, Twitter officially accepts Elon Musk's buyout deal on Monday, Damn, April 25th, which is yesterday. Come on.
0: Enough. What I'm I I'm not. About uh, to it's, be excited it's about good. This? It's good. I've It took up a man. long
1: time. Why are you, you not excited? Out.
0: That's your fault. <laughs>
1: I am excited. I'm Mr. Chatty. I'm more repressed. <laughs> ah, yeah,
0: yeah. You shouldn't be. This is a big move. I'm, but go on. I'm happy about it. Good. And you sound like it. Just for those. So just for those. We
1: have a Twitter account. Mm. So this is our Twitter account, the Shrewd Dudes Podcast at Shrewd Dudes Cast. And we try and post the podcast links Mm. on Twitter. So just to keep people informed, we don't post a lot of the clips on Twitter, at least up until this point, because Twitter... Maybe in the future. Yeah, we'll probably start... I'm going to try and be more on top of that. But I work long hours, and so I can't post as much as I want to. You're a busy, man. I know. So... They accepted the bio deal of 5420 per share on April 25th. CEO uh-huh. Parag Agrawal said that Twitter has a purpose and relevance that impacts the entire world. Deeply proud of our teams and inspired by the work that has never been more important.
2: <laughs>
1: so Brett Taylor, Twitter's independent board chair. said the Twitter board conducted a thoughtful, and comprehensive process to assess Elon's proposal with a deliberate focus on value, certainty, and financing. The proposed transaction will deliver a substantial cash premium. And we believe it is the best path forward for Twitter's stockholders. Well, and then, also for ourselves, because we were going
0: to get sued out of oblivion. Yes. So they were gonna get for, sued for those
1: who do not know, Twitter, I think it's this Thursday, mm-hmm. they were facing, they had to do like a a financial report. Yeah. And, and if they didn't accept his deal, the financial report would reveal that like the real and actual stock price for Twitter mm-hmm. would be like $30.
0: I would have plunged like crazy.
2: <clears throat> oh,
1: I would have plunged like crazy, and so I'd "Be like, well, you just refused an offer to buy out every single share at fifty-four twenty,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and your actual stock price is thirty. So mm-hmm. you just lost all of your stockholders twenty-four twenty per share, mm-hmm. approximately. And there are how many shares? I have no idea how many shares there are. Lots, lots
0: of shares, but so many what- shares." Basically, they would have been sued into oblivion as much as they are. These people are ideologues. Nobody on the Twitter board had any like actual shares or like if they did, very few in Twitter, they like this. This is one of the nice things it's like you work within the system you're in. The Twitter board is basically a public publicly traded company. They They are bound to do whatever is financially best for their shareholders. Hence, okay, they do something that that's not good for their shareholders, they can get sued into oblivion.
1: Okay, if this if this math is correct, so it was a 44 million dollar deal, right? Okay. Mhm. No, no. 50 no. 40, 43 billion. 40 Okay. Well, I just put it at 44 billion. 44 billion divided by mm-hmm. 54.2 means that there are 8 811 million shares. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of shares. That's crazy. I had no idea there were that many shares. But don't quote us on that by the way, you're just guessing. Okay, yeah, that is just like a basic <laughs> guesstimate as far as like using those two figures which we know. So in the statement Elon Musk said free speech is the bedrock of a functioning democracy and Twitter is the digital town square where matters vital to the future of humanity are debated. So adding that I also want to make Twitter better than ever by enhancing the products with new features, making the algorithms open source. This is very good.
0: Mm-hmm. Like you can, That's something we've been calling yeah, for.
1: Something we've been calling for. Uh, if you've ever watched a Tate's Tech Talk, he goes into why open source is so important. It mm-hmm. makes it so they, any sort of algorithms, shadow banning, whatever. Any, use, shenanigans, any shenanigans public. which could have happened is going to be exposed and it's going to be made public. So, defeating the spam bots, authenticating all humans, Twitter <laughs> has tremendous potential, and I look forward to working with the company and the community of users to unlock it. So, yeah, early in the, the day, he that, tweeted. Uh,
0: opening, opening the source code also makes it possible for Twitter alternatives to come up.
1: Yeah. I, I love this part. So, he hopes that his worst critics remain on Twitter because that is what free speech means. This is because, yeah. like, this is the opposite of everything that all the people that are going paranoid and we're going to ex- elaborate on people that are going paranoid about Elon Musk taking over Twitter in just a few minutes, mm-hmm. but they're like, Oh, that just means that he's going to do this. He's going to start removing left-wing accounts that go against like his white supremacy and all that nonsense. Don't and it's like, I
0: understand how, how no. free speech works.
1: No, <laughs> like there, there are those people. And then there are others where it's just like, Oh my gosh, like ever anything will be allowed to be posted on Twitter. And mm. there were some people like Michael Knowles, which were like pushing, which were laughably pushing the envelope. And he's like, Ivermectin, the wonder drug. <laughs> I'm like, okay, that's funny. <laughs> but this is how... I
0: think everyone probably has a wish list of like things they are going to say once mm-hmm. Twitter
1: is oh, yeah. unleashed. <laughs> yeah. Twitter employees go absolutely insane after Elon Musk buys the company. So this is just a few <laughs> tweets. So the source of Twitter continued... I don't really know what I'm supposed to do. Oh, my gosh. My phone's been blowing up. We have a meeting about it at 5 p.m. The CEO is going to address everyone about it. I hate (laughs) him. Why does he even want this? I feel like he's this petulant little boy, and he's doing this to troll. He doesn't do anything about our policies. And when we do, his statement about our algo is effing insane. We're just going to let everyone run amok? Nobody knows.
0: (laughs) Did you watch that uh, video, Stephen, of like Babylon B, where they had like the the girl walking into like the counselor or something like that yeah. and just freaking out? That was so good. Like that yeah. pretty much shows how insane the people at Twitter are. They are like legitimately like, uh, like le- like these are like the most like emotionally stunted people mm-hmm. like on the planet. Like it's it's absolutely insane how they can't handle any kind of like. Any anything that doesn't go their way. It's it's pretty crazy. But like I love how this is the kind of stuff that like this is the company filled with like some of the most insane people. It's crazy.
1: Yeah. <laughs> just going through all these things. But some of them are can someone just tell me if I'm rich or fired, please? <laughs> that one's not freaking out, it's just funny. Yep. (laughs) Because you're probably both. Yeah, most likely. If you're Elon Musk, you
0: probably want to get rid of most of your employees. Because they are not going to be um, like they're they're almost like going to be like a humongous obstacle to everything you want to do.
1: Oh, yeah. So, the extreme antibody reaction from those who fear free speech says it all. Elon Musk blasts left-wing Twitter staff sab- threatening to sabotage firm, says he's against censorship that goes far beyond the law as he hints future of sight after $44 billion deal. Mm-hmm. So, he said if people wanted to censor free speech further, they will ask government to pass laws to that effect, but added he will not go beyond the law because then it would be contrary to the will of the people. Came mm-hmm. after some employees reacted with horror at the ideal of working for him, claiming the acquisition was dangerous for democracy.
0: Yeah, this is just leftist, like, buzzwords and buzz talk and all
1: that. Yep, so last night, Twitter blocked its developers from making changes to the app to prevent it from being sabotaged by left-wing staff. That's actually good. Yeah. Because they would do it. Because, like we just talked about, leftist activists, like climate alarmists and animal rights activists, and the one Mm -hmm. guy was willing to set himself on fire so you don't think that they would, like, mess with the code. So that Twitter would be like the app would become unusable and it would basically make it so that Twitter would be ineffective for the first while. Like we just look at what happened to Parler. Parler Mm -hmm. lost access to a domain and they were shut down for what three months. Mm -hmm. So on the view. Sonny Hostin made a bizarre claim about his plans, about Elon Musk's plans, about a free speech of straight white men. While Joy Behar took a guest to task for saying Donald Trump was horrible but hilarious. Mm-hmm. Obscure left-leaning celebrities led the charge away from the platform overnight as they said they had to abandon it because of his free speech bid would end in lawless hate, bigotry, and misogyny. Oh, boy. This is, this is the whole thing with... Uh...
0: With uh, companies like Twitter, like like companies that are leftist, like you know, have like extreme leftist views, they believe that censorship is important, and of course, it's all about like it's all about like you know, it's all done under the guise of protection, safety, mm-hmm. keeping people safe. Yeah. But really, what it is is about control and power. It's they get to control yeah. the the message. They get to control they what is said. Control what
1: is said and what and... is put forth
0: any opposition to the message gets shut down this is exactly the kind of things that they do in china communist china does not allow any any competing messages or any like contradictory like you know information to get mm-hmm. to their pop the people and so they use extreme censorship yeah. censorship is never a tool of uh, a free society or a free government a government that um, that is Trying to control and to deceive and to manipulate his population, the tool, the most amazing tool that they use is censorship. And this is why Twitter has become an uh, an unusable, mm-hmm. un- un- completely unusable social media platform. This is why yeah. nobody really uses it anymore because it became boring. It's like nobody on there is really. There's no discussion. There's no actual.
1: Yeah, it, like Twitter is basically unusable right now for most people. Oh yeah, totally because. Anybody who actually says anything which is the mildest bit controversial on Twitter has -hmm. their account suspended. Like the Babylon Bee, like Charlie Kirk, like Libs of TikTok, like Alex Jones, like Donald Trump, like Sargon of a cat. I could go on and on and on. Now keep going. I'm not going to keep going. Keep going! Shut up. I want to see how much you got. (laughs) Uh, Milo Yiannopoulos. Oh, you almost Um, came to the end.
0: What? (laughs) <laughs> i I, f- I figured you probably like you know ran ran all the ones that you had <laughs> I,
1: I had a f- couple more but that was about it just quite a bit too yeah. Many. but yeah. yeah like there are a lot of conservatives mm-hmm. who have been removed because they go against what the left views as the established cultural narrative mm-hmm. and so this like twitter was meant to be like initially it's meant to be this public discourse in which people can have really quick conversations and make their points quickly and you don't have, like, the mass, like, Facebook. Sometimes when you have people on Facebook and they'll say, all right, I'm going to post you a novel, and it's like, okay, that's too much. (laughs) Like, I I do get annoyed when you post, like, three paragraphs and people are like, too long, didn't read, and it's like, you arrogant dick. I posted (laughs) three paragraphs. I didn't post four pages. Mm Mm-hmm.
0: But they don't bother because they're not really into it. They're, they're yeah. this on. Mm. But uh, the thing with, with the, the thing with Twitter though is that um, Twitter has basically become a way to get important information out yeah, to the masses. Because it's, unlike unlike Facebook, unlike uh, YouTube, uh, Twitter is famous because of something being able to go viral. That's the idea. It just gets it spreads like crazy, but yeah. it becomes very popular and all that. Uh, the problem is like you know so what do you think like about the idea of free speech like what do you think would be a good way for for Elon Musk to do the free speech thing because obviously free speech is a difficult thing you can't just let everything on can you
1: yeah no like you any any
0: any like people can like can people post anything on on uh, Twitter like no like I mean
1: well like it has it's, it's, limits, it's, right? there has to be like minor limits like of course you cannot you can't deliberately slander someone you cannot mm-hmm. threaten yeah. someone. You cannot mm-hmm. incite... Like, all these things which are already laws. hmm It's just saying, okay, Twitter went too far in saying that if you go against the establishment narrative, then you can be taken off. Like, saying that the 2020 election was neither free nor fair. That'll mm-hmm. get you taken off YouTube. That'll get you taken mm-hmm. off Twitter. Saying that Ivermectin works against COVID, which it does. Mm-hmm. That'll get you taken off Twitter. That'll get you taken off YouTube.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Like these establishment big tech giants have mm-hmm. had their way for so long that anybody who contra- anybody who goes against them or anybody who would be going against them
2: mm-hmm.
1: has moved on to other platforms. And then they're just like, oh, well, I had left Twitter a long time ago or I hadn't been posting anything serious on Twitter because Twitter's kind of a joke platform. But now... Twitter has the potential to be the main Something. dominant sphere of public discourse.
0: I mean, it, it could actually make a comeback.
1: Oh, with, I, uh, I'm, I'm really certain it will. To using it, yeah. And here's the thing:
0: all he has to do. I mean, obviously mm-hmm. it's complex, but what he has to essentially do is he has to create. And all like people talk about, like, well, how much is how much is too much censorship? How much is too little censorship? Like that balance. Like really, all he has to do is he has to really just simply he just has to make a very clear set of rules Mm -hmm. the problem with social media with facebook with youtube with all this other ones, is
1: vagueness vagueness and one-sided like we 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 didn't investigate this we didn't look into this on the show but there was a seg there was a tweet which said like activate kill squad against the libs of tiktok and twitter said that that was within their code of conduct no problem. And it's like, what? Mm-hmm. Merely, like, merely get saying that, like, I think Twitter tried to say this against, like, Rand Paul. Or Rand Paul was like, okay, like, Dr. Fauci is a liar and a fraud. And Twitter, yeah. like, warned him. Yeah. And so, like, because c- in Congress, it was also like, Dr. Fauci was like, oh, like, saying that I'm a liar and a fraud, that is tantamount to sending kill squads against me. Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, 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 it's not fair. That's not, not cause fair. and effect, bud.
0: Yeah. So the the thing all he has to do is really create a set of rules and a set of enforcement that's objective. That's really is. It's not. It, you you just swap the word subjective for objective, and mm-hmm. you're not. Basically, say okay, you're not allowed to threaten somebody. Yep. And you actually define what threatening means. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, I think you're. You know, I'm going to come to your house and kill you. Banned. Simple. That's a threat. It's like
1: Bad, you're a, reported police.
0: Yeah, you're a doo doo head, and I don't like you. Okay, that's not a threat. That's mean. Grow a spine. Block them, but yep. that's not that's not a threat, right? Yep. It's not that difficult,
1: and then everyone gets treated equally. Well, and like people yeah. forget that, like, because I've been on Twitter, people mm-hmm. forget that the block and the mute button exists. Yeah, like I muted a ton of people because all they would do on every single one of my tweets. Because I would tweet, like, I I was fairly active as a pro-lifer on on Twitter, and that was, like, my main domain for a while. Mm -hmm. And I would have people, like, trying to get my account suspended Mm -hmm. by posting pictures of aborted fetal remains and then reporting the post. Mm -hmm. And so Twitter would flag them all and hide them all. And so I would get no traction whatsoever because every single one of those posts was flagged. And so I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to block and mute you Mm -hmm. because all you're doing is trying to trigger the algorithm to try and get my account taken off. And eventually it did work and they Mm -hmm. removed my account because apparently I was bullying and harassing people for being like, this is not decent discourse. You can't just do this.
0: And most likely like you're a bunch of triggered whiny
1: leftists
0: and i wouldn't be surprised if a lot of those were probably uh bots. Oh, i wouldn't be surprised at all. they have they have so many problems with bots. So the main thing is that all you have to do is create very clear mm-hmm. and simple to understand rules and enforce them equally and you've created something called justice. Yeah, and people are behind that. The pre- the reason why people on the left don't like it is just very simply because they like control.
1: Yeah.
0: Okay. That's really what it comes down to. We do
1: have to move on, so let's talk Go on, about too. quickly The EU regulator preemptively warns Musk Musk. on free speech Twitter. There are rules. Yeah. (laughs) A top European Union regulator warned billionaire Elon Musk on Tuesday that Twitter will have to comply with the EU's digital rules under his ownership, complicating complicating Musk's ambitious free speech agenda. He Mm -hmm. acquired Twitter, of course, blah, blah, blah. So, however, Thierry Breton, the EU's commission... Commissioner for the internal market said he wanted to offer Musk a reality check on his free speech plans, warning that Twitter could incur hefty fines or even a ban if it doesn't follow the EU's rules. We welcome everyone. We are open, but on conditions. At least we Better know not. what to tell him. Elon, there mm-hmm. are rules. You are welcome, but these are our rules. They're not your rules, which will apply here. Anyone yeah. who wants to benefit from this market will have to fulfill our rules. The board of mm-hmm. Twitter will have to make sure that if it operates in Europe, that it will have to fill the obligations, including moderation, open algorithms, freedom of speech, transparency, and rules. Obligations to comply with our rules for hate speech, revenge, porn, and harassment. Mm-hmm. Except your rules, again, as we were talking about before, are vague. Yes. The, and this
0: this brings you to the, the real problem, which is that every single company is not working in a vacuum. Mm-hmm. They, they are working with governments that are actively uh, putting pressure on these companies to comply. Yeah. Like, you have to follow their rules. You have to ban, ban, ban. It's like, you know, like, you have... To, this is why Parler was taken off of uh, Twitter, supposedly, mm-hmm. is because they weren't being aggressive enough in their censorship. In other words, yeah. any company that doesn't doesn't toe the line is attacked. Yeah, And so... Yeah, and the problem is with like you know with Europe, their whole shtick. It's like just like in Canada, they're trying to argue, about, they're trying to make the whole whole thing about hate speech. And by the way, I, I want to do a, I'm going to do a segment on uh, Thursday about hate speech and how it's completely and totally like you cannot have free speech and yep. hate speech. They nope. are comp- they're either or. It's you either have free speech or you have you hate, hate speech. speech. There's no there's no spectrum.
1: Yeah. And we, and we can talk no, about that on Thursday. because that's, that's a Thursday thing. That is a Thursday thing, for sure. Yes, But uh, we do have I, to... I prefer yeah, free
0: speech, yeah.
1: Yeah, prefer, yeah, free speech is better. Mainly, of course, the basic rendition, because who defines it? Who mm-hmm. defines what hate speech is? Who defines what offensive terminology is? The yep. government, and the government can't be trusted, but we'll go into uh, that more on Thursday. More we do government. have to switch into a brief discussion about Marjorie Taylor Greene. Mm, so federal I know she's very interesting. She's federal awesome. judge refuses to block effort to disqualify Marjorie Taylor Greene from office under 14th Amendment insurrection prohibition. Mm-hmm. So loyalists to Donald Trump Marjorie Taylor Greene cannot block efforts to disqualify her from running for re-election on the grounds that she allegedly engaged in insurrection a federal judge ruled. The ruling itself does not itself stop Greene's re-election campaign but it means a federal court will not grant Greene's lawyers request to end run a challenge submitted oh request to end challenge submitted by georgia secretary of state brad raffensperger addressing that accessing that question a challenge brought by five georgia voters five georgia voters will now go before an administrative law judge in atlanta on friday the case involves a whirlpool of colliding constitutional interests of public imports District Judge Amy Totenberg, a Barack Obama appointee, who is the sister of NPR legal correspondent Nina Totenberg, <clears throat> wrote in a 73-page opinion, the novelty of the factual and historical posture of this case, especially when asserted in the context of a preliminary injunction motion reviewed on a fast track, has made resolution of the complex legal issues at stake here. So, when was the last time this was used... I don't think it actually goes into it in this argument, but it's nonsense.
0: Well, let me let me see if I can really basically summarize it. There is a a, a kind of like a, a provision in the Constitution that basically says that anybody any any lawmaker who is mm-hmm. guilty of insurrection
1: cannot run. Or it's a or it's run. a portion of the Fourteenth Amendment. Yes, the Fourteenth Amendment is basically. Like, it's been used for all a whole bunch of things that are, like, that's not how that should be used. Like, yes. the 14th Amendment is also how they justified Roe versus Wade, mind you. hmm Because it's the right to privacy. And it's, like, the 14th Amendment is, like, exceptionally vast in what it does. hmm It did a lot of things. So, the 14th Amendment was made... Uh,
0: directly after the Civil war mm-hmm. uh, and it tried to address pretty much all the all the like leftover things that needed to be addressed like one of them was ending slavery yes. but uh, more importantly one of the things that is, is relevant for us we're that well interested because, in this discussion. because the uh a lot of the uh lawmakers who were part of the south the confederacy uh they had basically engaged in you know basically an insurrection mm-hmm. so they wanted to make sure they can't run again so that was made as a protection a penalty doing these things exactly so the problem here is this is why they did this is why they call the capital uh like like the an whole insurrection. thing an insurrection yep it's not an accident it was all by design yep. they literally set it up that it's way literally because, just
1: because if you if you speak it enough then it will become part of the public parlance and it's mm-hmm. public as uh, part of the public parlance Then it's like oh well if they were part of january 6th then they commit. they were part of an insurrection if they're part of an insurrection then they should be legally barred from running or holding a public office of any sort which is more broad than you might think that prevents them not just from being like municipal or federal or state leader that mm. also prevents them from being a county sheriff mm. or pretty much any public office any any public office which requires there to be requires you to be nominated or people to vote on it
0: mm. Stephen, this, this seems like um, almost like a desperate move. Uh, any idea why they're, they're 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 kind of relying on this kind of desperation? Any, they're, any chance, well, or... there
1: they're, there's a couple different reasons. The first mm-hmm. off is that by all available metrics and by all available polls, they are going to be absolutely shellacked mm-hmm. in the November election, and they're also by all public polls, they are going to be absolutely shellacked mm-hmm. if a certain individual runs in 2024. Mm-hmm. it's gonna be huge <laughs> well i mean really there's
0: two of them but okay. yeah both Don of them DeSantis are, are incredible yeah yeah but, but they're like, you know, like-
1: but saying that like you wonder why we're talking about marjorie taylor Greene. marjorie taylor green is a sender from georgia It's like mm-hmm. okay well why are they doing this against her she's just one person they're doing it against her because she's seen by the left as like the the republicans wackadoodle And if they can go after her and disbar her from running, Mm -hmm. then they're going to try the same thing against Trump. Mm -hmm. And they're doing all of this because they do not have anything to run on. Democrats Mm -hmm. have nothing to offer voters, so they're banking on smearing and censoring their opposition. It's an opinion Mm -hmm. post in The Federalist. So Biden is doubled down, signaling how confident his people are in their ability to collude with the censorship regime against their challengers. So That's Chief pretty of... much all the strategy. That's yeah. all they got. So Ron Klein offered an interesting insight to the Democrats' 2022 midterm election strategy on Sunday, musing about French President Emmanuel Macron's ability to win re-election despite a 36% approval rating, implying a similar possibility for the U.S. Instead of trying to turn Biden's sinking approval ratings around by ditching failed policies... They seem content with their underwater numbers so long as they can drive Republicans' popularity even lower with smears and censorship. Mm-hmm. So, an interesting observation: Macron appears to have secured a double-digit victory over Le Pen at a time when his approval rating is 36%. So Biden's approval rating is 40.9%. Well
0: oh, it depends. On and
1: a Quinnipiac poll has him low as 35%, and a CNN/BC poll has him as low as 38%. So 56% of Americans thought Biden's first year in office was a failure. And a month before a mere 25% were satisfied with his administration. Mm-hmm. So they're doing terrible, terrible things. And I don't think they, do they talk about like the 2022, like chance of well, winning? I'm,
0: I'm
2: Not sure
1: in this.
0: Yeah. But like, here, here's the thing, like, you know, uh, and that we've been hearing this for like a long time. There's the, even back, even back at the 2020 election, uh, there were like, like full on, like, like almost like a wars of words in the democratic party, because they failed to make any significant gains.
2: Mm-hmm. And they
0: knew what that meant. They knew that back then that the extreme leftists on the party were pretty much dragging down the democratic party into an absolute nightmare scenario for 2022. So, Back then they knew that they were in trouble. And since then it's only gotten worse. Yep. Because the president and uh, like you know, it's primarily the president, but yeah. like everything's going wrong. Everything. That the, the Afghan the Afghan war disaster, the, the Putin war with Russia has been a disaster for the, the administration as well. Uh the the southern border is like completely and totally falling apart, the economy is like tanking, uh inflation is out of control. Uh, you know, like, and like nothing that the president has done has, they they don't have anything. And so they're pretty much in panic mode right now, Mm -hmm. which is why they're like caving on things like COVID and masks and all these things, because they, they know that they're, they're losing. They can't afford to, uh, they can't afford to keep things going the way they are. So, um, look for this fall. This summer is going to be interesting because that's when the the, the Supreme Court decision for Roe v. Wade comes yep. back. And this fall is going to be a crazy, crazy time. But here's the thing, and I want you to keep an eye on this. The Democrats have only one thing that they care about, and that is power. Mm-hmm. They are willing to sell their souls, and most of them have, for power. We yep. saw this with the Kavanaugh hearings. We saw this with, uh, with with Trump. They will mm-hmm. do anything for power, yep. and so don't don't expect them to just kind of bend over and take it. They're, they 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 are do they're going to do something. Yep. And they will try to like turn this around somehow. And they have no morals. They have no ethical None. Uh, standards. They will literally kill their grandmother if it means that they can win.
1: Well, know, see pretty much did that with Abuela. Yeah. Who cares about is Abuela? suffering? Matt Walsh, I'm oh. going to fund Abuela so that she can have her roof fixed racist you're just being racist and blah, blah 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 and it's like well if you were actually a decent person you would have helped out and supported your abuela and helped her move to a decent country nope that's not aoc <laughs> no aoc is but, a selfish um, little
0: yeah but like you know like you know speaking of like how they're they're basically like burning the whole country down like you know let's go into this next story which is very interesting i remember like yeah. i've been watching this for a while mm-hmm. this, this is um uh maybe go into it i like, keep in mind, there's a movie that comes to mind when I see this, a movie called uh, Mission Impossible Rogue Nation, mm-hmm. which is about this secret, like, you know, organization that's working behind the scenes, and it's pretty much, like, causing all sorts of, like, chaos and destruction behind in all over the world that seems unconnected, but no, they actually have a- an actual plan of what they're planning. Now, that's movie, that's, like, you know, very, yeah. like, high-end conspiracy, but when you start to see the, the coincidences here, you're like, okay, something is up. This this just seems way too coincidental. So go go into the stars. Here. Yeah.
1: So. What's up with all these food processing plants going up in flames recently? Yeah, nothing to see here. <laughs> like, keep to, moving. I've, to I've see never, here. never seen Seinfeld, but <clears throat> I I have a character in one of my I have a player in one of my D games, and he's playing like a DD and d version of Seinfeld. And so every time okay. something happens and he's like, what's up with that? <laughs> <laughs> Enough. <laughs> so, okay. I'm sure you've heard all the warnings about food shortages are coming and that you should stock up, et cetera, et cetera. But have you heard about this? What an, I love how this has like the game stonks picture from like the Tendy man. <laughs> mm-hmm. So this is an odd coincidence. 18, United States food processing facilities burned down in the last six months. Azure mm-hmm. standards HQ burned down yesterday. Hmm. So that has pictures. And snapshots. Of all of these. So I've linked to most of these below. And just in case you think I'm nuts. I will say this is quite a concern. I bet you haven't heard a peep about it until this week. It's because no one was really covering it. Enter Tucker Nobody. Carlson. Mm-hmm. And Tucker Carlson did cover it. Mm-hmm. So... A flipping airplane crashed into a General Mills plant minutes before these two went on air for this segment. That's the kind of stuff that might give you the heebie jeebies. So here's what Jason Rance had to say. When something happens every so often, you obviously hope there's no significant damage and certainly hope that no one gets hurt. Mm-hmm. But you kind of write it off as not that big of a deal. Accidents happen. When you've got well over a dozen food processing plants and warehouses getting destroyed or seriously damaged over just the last few weeks at a time when the food supply is already vulnerable, it's obviously suspicious and could lead to some serious food shortages. That's why Mm -hmm. some folks are now wondering, well, number one, what's going on? Yeah. So what is going on? That's quite a coincidence. And I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but that seems a little too strange to not talk about. Mm -hmm. So... And, yeah. and the thing is, like, when he, when he goes through it, like, you know, go down to some of the stories,
0: Stephen, like, just go sc- kind of cycle through them. Mm-hmm. Like, they're, like, they're, like, you know, there's a, uh, what's it called, a, a meat co- meatpacking company in in El Paso. So, right yeah. there in the El Paso Times, they go into that. So, keep going. Mm-hmm. You're the scrolling, man. Come on, come on, scrolling, man. Uh, cattle rescued at, at a deli market, or was it meat market? Meat market, yep. And uh, where's that? Yeah. Uh... Uh... It I don't, says I don't know where East that is. Conway Beef. Okay, um, and then you go down, and there's like you know more fires, like um, San, Antonio. San Antonio food processing plant. Um, this is in Hamilton, in here in Canada, yeah. uh, food processing operation in Hamilton Mountain, um, and then you just go through these global news uh, main potato plants. Mm-hmm. So as you go through these, you realize okay, so something very important for for you to know is that the way that, um, um, I remember, look, there there was a scene I remember watching in, uh, what's it called? Um, uh, Catch me if you can. Uh, You know, this is. um, And there's like Leo DiCaprio. Yeah, Leo DiCaprio. But basically what they, in the movie, the girl kind of walks him through and says like, yeah, okay, the, the United States is divided into sections. And each section is responsible for their own kind of banking and all that kind of stuff. The same thing happens with food. Food is divided into, like, you know, entire sections. And, like, you don't have massive amounts of factory in every single state. You have one major food packing or packaging kind of plant in in certain areas. And so when one of these goes down, it puts a ton of strain on the others that oftentimes they can't handle. So the problem here is that these Packing plants serve like millions and millions of customers, and these are not small losses. These are like they 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 put they put these companies back, these uh, food uh, preparation companies back for like like months at a time, if not years, depending on how long it takes to rebuild them. So it's very concerning because this this is the kind of stuff that seems to be very like um, almost orchestrated, and this is the problem. This is like fuel right here for like conspiracy theorists, but this is mm-hmm. not like to see this it's worth, many...
1: it's worth mentioning. Like yeah. we don't know what's go we don't know why these are happening. Like it's it's yeah. said in one of the articles the majority of these fires have been ruled to be arson. They always are. And it's like, okay.
0: And then you get the a plane big question crashing?
1: is, oh yeah, the plane crash is like, what? Oh, by the way, that's not just one. There's two. There's at
0: least two planes. That have crashed into one of these food processing plants. Talk about crazy, like coincidences. That yeah. just seems almost like
1: way too. It's a little too. too it's random. It's too random and too wacky. It's mm-hmm. like this is this is seriously out there stuff. Yeah, but we don't know exactly what's going on. We're just trying Keep an to eye on it. Keep an eye on Look it and bringing it. it to your attention.
0: I. By the way, I somebody. Somebody did sh- uh, share something with me that I, uh, somebody here in Alberta. Uh, I mean, the avian flu, like remember how like that, that yeah. crazy activist was talking about like, oh, they killed all these birds and all that. Uh, somebody here in Alberta was saying that uh, a lot of these uh, chicken farms and like all these animal farms have been ordered to basically kill or call like massive amounts of their birds, whether or not they're infected. And they're saying like, this is going to put them back like, yeah. like two years. Mm hmm. And I'm like, okay, so you have like these food packing plants in the states and Canada that are being mysteriously like you know destroyed, and then suddenly you also have this bizarre amount of like uh, forcible, of, uh, forcible
1: termination, forcible termination
0: of food products and like animals. All of this is like holy crap! Like the, it's almost like,
1: and I and, and just this
0: is a, of course just speculation, but like here here's the problem: what if? This is deliberate. This is deliberate this to, is to try and create, create a
1: food shortage
0: that increases dependency on government. Oh, or more than that, creates a crisis that the government can then use for some to ulterior motive. Like, it's, it's, yeah, it's. we're getting to an age where, like, there's just too many things that are happening that uh-huh. are difficult to ignore. So, yeah. anyways, go on.
1: Well, as as Michael Knowles says, conspiracy theorists are only, are separated from conspiracy facts by about six months. <laughs> so we'll see. We'll keep mm-hmm. an eye on it and we'll tell you keep the elements. Mm-hmm. But something that we do know and mm-hmm. went from conspiracy theory to conspiracy fact mm-hmm. is yet another study provides yet more evidence that COVID lockdowns did not work. Oh, there's so many, Stephen so, when oh, will look. they stop? Lockdown <laughs> economies did not have better health. Oh, look what? at that. What? <laughs> oh, we've been saying this for forever. The funny so, thing is,
0: we, we had studies early in the pandemic yeah. saying this. We have studies in the middle of the pandemic
1: saying this. And we have studies at the end of the pandemic all saying the same thing. It's crazy. Yeah. So, Copperheads, a study was just released showing... I'm just going to go through this really quickly because we've already talked uh-huh. about this a bazillion times. Yes, uh, showing this, the drastic lockdowns, which were the stay-at-home orders enacted in many U.S. states, did not meaningfully reduce COVID-19 mortality. Economists Casey P. Mulligan, Stephen Moore, and Phil Kirpin... Ran the numbers to rank all 50 states on COVID mortality, economic performance, and pandemic education outcomes based on how much they were able to keep schools open. Results show that despite their drastic, sometimes lethal second order consequences, government lockdowns did not meaningfully reduce COVID 19 mortality, excluding the geography. Yeah, go ahead. I was on a freaking roll, man. You were, but I, that's important, but yeah. Okay. Excluding the geographically unusual cases of Hawaii and Alaska to focus on the continental U.S., there is no apparent relationship between reduced economic activity during the pandemic and our composite mortality measure, the authors conclude.
0: Okay, uh, Ben Shapiro. <laughs> okay, okay, so guys. Okay, guys. <laughs> okay, guys.
1: All right, gang. All right, gang. You know, we yeah. just going to you know,
0: keep it straight here, gang. Okay, so here's the thing. Um, there, There's only one justification for lockdowns. Like, yeah. it's undeniable. The lockdowns cause collateral damage. We've been saying that since the beginning. They will kill more. They, they will cause harm. They will uh, cause harm from all sorts of things: canceled surgeries, uh, drug overdoses, suicides, depression, all this kind of stuff. Loss of life is measured not in like the immediate numbers, but the lot the loss of like overall lo- lo- loss of years of life. That's how it's measured. Now, the only way you can justify these like heavy-handed measures, which are not like in they're they're not uh, harmless is if only if they can, re- if they're shown to reduce the actual death level of the virus. So you basically be like, okay, these lockdowns are going to cause deaths, but if they can be offset by, the, by more yeah. mm-hmm. like lives saved from, from the so called like, you know, dangerous virus, yeah. And it that that's a cost benefit analysis. The problem is, these lockdowns are showing that A, these things are causing a lot of additional. Deaths and damage and, and and suffering, but they're not actually like like saving any actual um, statistical life. So basically, what lockdowns are? They're like throwing like the you know, lighter fluid on an already existing fire. Yep. That's basically what lockdowns are. Yep. In in a, in a nutshell, that's pretty much what they are.
2: Mm-hmm. They're not
0: they're not saving lives. They're only they're only adding to the death toll. Yeah, and, and this is this is basically like the the argument that I made uh, at the at the beginning of the pandemic, and Stephen knows this. I always say trying to trying to solve a pandemic with lockdowns. It's like trying to to stop a termite infestation by taking a shotgun and shooting at every termite you see. Yeah. that's basically what you're doing. You're uh-huh. destroying your house and trying to like stop yeah. the termite. You, you might, might
1: reduce in- cases a little bit if some of the pellets hit the termite but you're going to damage everything else within the cone. And you haven't solved the termite problem, yep. ultimately. So no. mm-hmm. You've just caused a lot of damage and made it more exposed for the termites to do damage later. hmm Anyways, <clears throat> another story along the same vein, which I'm not going to go through quickly because we haven't addressed this yet. So nearly all legacy media outlets prop up Pfizer doctor's study on the same day. So over one day, well over a dozen legacy media outlets propped up the shady government-funded Pfizer-Doctor-led study that warns about the risks of mixing with unvaccinated people. So you have the Globe and Mail, CTV, Toronto Star, Montreal Gazette, National News, CDT, City News, the National Observer. Don't see what those ones are. Mm-hmm. So, and then it, oh, it goes through all of them. But failed to it's mention several connected. concerns beyond the fact that the government paid for the research.
2: Mm, so it counts as up to
1: 13, 13 media mm-hmm. organizations all decided to, on the same day to reignite mm-hmm. hatred for and actually promote avoidance of the unjab. This is coordinated, strategic, it's political, resist the propaganda.
0: <laughs> yeah, there was one, there was one guy on my, um, my church's kind of like, you know, group chat. Mm-hmm. And uh, he he had like one of the greatest takes on this. He's like, tell me your, tell, uh, tell me that uh, vaccines don't work without telling me vaccines don't work. Mm hmm. Bam, and a headline. Because <laughs> yeah. it's true. It's like, oh, vaccines only only work if the unvaccinated are also vaccinated. I'm like, they don't work. Yeah. Thank
1: you for showing me that. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it's the one of the funny things that I thought was like, oh, yes, if the unvaccinated are on the un, around the vaccinated. The vaccinated are the ones at risk. The vac- unvaccinated are not put at risk by the vaccinated. It's like, that tells you something serious about the vaccine, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. they're like it means we shouldn't intermingle it says no it means that nobody should be taking this shite <laughs> <laughs> so let's go yeah. over the debunking of it for one the study yeah. doesn't use real world data in fact it didn't even require approval from a research ethics board instead the study if you could call it that used a modeling method where researchers start with a set of assumptions and then find results based on those assumptions mm. yeah, it's almost like it's you know confirmation what? bias
0: confirmation bias yeah,
1: mm-hmm. yeah it's the most absurd of these assumptions is that most who receive the vaccine should be immune forever? Mm-hmm. That's that's stupid. We know mm-hmm. that that's not true. Our was, lower band uh, estimate for vaccine hence effectiveness. boosters, I know, <laughs> reflected uncertainty about the emergence Omicron. Va- Wait, I have to do the voice properly. Omicron variant. Omicron whereas our upper bound 80% reflected the higher effectiveness seen within the Delta variants, We treated immunity after vaccination as an all-or-none phenomenon with a fraction mm-hmm. of vaccinated people as defined by vaccine effectiveness entering the model in the immune state and the remainder being left in the susceptible state. They, of mm-hmm. course, failed to account for the fact that vaccine efficacy, if it exists at all, wanes over time. And with this being common knowledge now, yet it's supposedly the logic behind people getting their third, fourth, and even fifth shot of the COVID vaccine. For example, mm-hmm. a vaccine that is 80% efficace, efficacious efficacious would result in 80% of vaccinated people being immune and the remaining 20% being susceptible to infection. We did not model weighting immunity. So, <laughs> simple problems. Doesn't use actual data based on vaccine efficacy assumptions. Doesn't account for waning immunity. Starts with conclusion. Creates model to reach it. Yeah, mm-hmm. that basically debunks it. And you can continue reading this. It's basically
0: the, the the common problem is that uh, the left loves to use studies that are totally like that that have yeah. a million problems. Oh, but then, this is a, this is study, actually a
1: big one. What? Why doesn't Global Mail disclose the fact that the lead author on the study, David Fisman, worked for both Pfizer and AstraZeneca? Oh, it that's kind of this as a conflict of interest, but why would the Globe hide that damning fact from readers? <laughs> All of those legacy media outlets should be like, yes, there's a study that says this, but we should note that it was written by someone who worked for Pfizer and AstraZeneca, so that is a possible conflict of interest, and it should be reported by any decent media outlet. That's like
0: the uh, the the scene from The Simpsons, was like one episode where uh, they bring Mo on the stage to like testify against mm-hmm. someone. He's like, oh yes, uh, you know, he definitely did it. That's that was definitely the guy. And then some guy comes out of this uh, out of the back with this big like bag with like a giant money symbol on Mm -hmm. it. He's like, "Oh, good, my laundry's here. Thank goodness." (laughs) goodness. Like that's 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 basically what it like seems like. Yeah. Um. This is why internet censorship needs to be fought with all your your all your heart. Yeah. Because the only way to expose these frauds is by the internet.
1: Well, yeah, like. stuff like this would be the algorithm currently used by, like we were talking with Elon Musk, the current algorithms on Twitter would push this study and these results like crazy Uh and would hide anyone like Ezra Levant. Like Uh I'm sure that once this was posted and it was like, it was made obvious that this, that these legacy media outlets were quashing this, the fact that there was a connection, Uh like I'm sure that their algorithm worked against Ezra Levant. Uh Mm-hmm. But and it, tr- it pushed and promoted them, but it tried to quash him. Yeah, because they try and censor and silence anyone who goes against the narrative, and they and, have and for be, a long time.
0: And to be honest, here's something that I I, I want to challenge you about this. Like, you should actually be insulted by the way their government talks. Yeah. They they talk about the Canadian public as like as like we're infants, as yeah. we're children. children. We're too stupid to make, to make our own like, decisions. Make our own decisions to, to do our own so research. We have to we have to do it for you. We have to yeah. protect you by hiding tell you things what the from truth you is. because you're too stupid to understand whats is and isn't isn't good for you. That's basically you should be insulted by that. Yes, you should. Like it really should be insulting. They treat you like an idiot and anybody like with any sort of like real common sense you should be insulted by that whole approach because them curating content is them telling you you are an idiot and we need to protect you from yourself
1: okay right another thing that would have been hidden by twitter massive study of 23 million finds Mm -hmm. vaccinated have increased myocarditis risk oh who would have thought A massive yeah, study of weird. 23 million Nordic people found that MRNA vaccinations led to an increased risk of myocarditis and pericarditis, especially for young males. We've known this for yeah. a long time.
0: Yeah, yeah so but this is, this is the most, like, insane confirmation, though. Yeah,
1: so after reviewing roughly 23.1 million Nordic individuals from December 2020 to October 2021, the study aimed to evaluate the risk of myocarditis and pericarditis following SARS-CoV-2 mm-hmm. by vaccine product, vaccination dose number, sex, and age. So this is from this is the picture. So and the rate of hospitalizations from myopericarditis from males 16 to 24 was 1 in 2600 which is 28 times higher than the 13.7 out of a million rate they found post covid. So we've yep. been hearing eight for ages oh, you're more likely to get myocarditis and pericarditis after COVID than instead mm-hmm. of after vaccination. This mm-hmm. thoroughly debunks this notion. Yeah. Daddy and way, I have most... said for ages that this was, like, there's no evidence to say that it's more likely to get myocarditis or pericarditis post-COVID. They've been pushing it because they want to try and squash any sort of Wait. resistance to the vaccine.
0: They, they essentially want to uh, obfuscate. They're want they they're not hiding the fact that people are getting myocarditis and pericarditis, which uh, anybody who tells you, any doctor, if any doctor tells you that it's mild, that is garbage. Don't believe them at all. This is not a mild thing. It's no. a very serious heart oh, complication. Oh, myocarditis
1: and pericarditis, like, it's not at all They're pleasant.
0: life-changing. They're yeah, life-changing, they life-changing, and
1: like myocarditis increases your risk of a heart attack in later later on in life by an immense amount yeah like it's
0: it's a crazy amount by the way uh, just the clarification so the 28 times higher risk is in moderna mm-hmm. for pfizer it was seven times higher okay yeah i remember like we're looking through the the article and they said like for pfizer it was seven for uh moderna so moderna was clearly the worst one here yeah out of these it um, also
1: says the risk was more pronounced after the second dose rather than after this yeah. of Moderna, rather than, of course, Pfizer, and mm-hmm. the, of course, the risk was highest from those 16 to 24, mm-hmm. and yeah, uh, it's
0: just this is just adding to the fuel to the fire of like why this 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 thing was a gigantic mistake, and millions of people all over the world are going to suffer because of this mm-hmm. panic and this like you know rush to create this like magic cure that actually ended up being, uh, you know, massive damage. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, like I said, I no longer recommend the va- vaccine to anyone. Yeah. If anybody asks me, no, don't even bother. Not only are there viable alternatives that are far more safe and far more effective, but the vaccine is that the risks are so immensely high. And yes. that's just the ones we know. Mm-hmm. The ones we don't know might be even worse. So, no.
1: Yep. Okay. So final story stories that we're going to go over today is concerning Mm -hmm. Leslie Lewis. Mm -hmm. So for those who do not know about Leslie Lewis, Leslie Lewis is a conservative party of Canada MP who is running for the leadership position of the conservative party of Canada. Uh, Her main challenger is Pierre Polyev who Danny and I both like, Mm-hmm. Leslie Lewis is also good. Yep. And Leslie Lewis is doing much better this go around than she was in her conservative leadership bid in 2020. And that mm-hmm. bid, uh, just because of the circumstances and the situation of that election, mm-hmm. she kind of wrote a center-right position instead of a proper right-wing position. Mm-hmm. And now she's like, yeah, that didn't work, so I'm just going to go and become a proper social conservative and mm-hmm. run on that and she's done very good things and one of a couple of them are we're going to detail right now so lesson mm-hmm. lewis pushes back on cbc hosts attacking her for being against the who propaganda so
0: if, if, if anybody wonders this is something a, a conservative leader has to be able to do you need to be able mm-hmm. to stand up to the legacy media cuz they are going to attack you this is this is what paul Liev does amazingly well mm-hmm. he is very good at answering yep. the tough questions but the question is can dr Luston Lewis do the same,
1: yeah. And so that's something. And like, we, should... we were not very pleased with Les and Lewis because during the twenty twenty leadership bid, Derek mm-hmm. Sloan, Derek Sloan was the only conservative leadership candidate to criticize the WHO, and he's like, they have mm-hmm. no say about what we do here in Canada. And Dr. Mm-hmm. Tam, Dr. Teresa Tam, who was running Canada's COVID response, and he's like, who is she beholden to? Is she beholden mm-hmm. to Canada? Is she beholden to China? They're like, oh, that's racist, and every other leadership candidate, including Les and Lewis, is like, yeah, that's probably racist. And now she's herself standing up because it went from conspiracy theory to conspiracy facts, because that takes six months. Mm-hmm. So so Power and Politics host Vassi Capellos seized on a moment in the interview with Dr. Lewis and spoke... About her opposition to Kenda signing onto a WHO worldwide pandemic strategy plan to attack her character, mm-hmm. Capello strongly insinuated that Dr. Lewis was taking a fringe position, and that believing signing onto a WHO pandemic strategy plan helps to undermine undermine the sovereignty of Kenda is somehow just a theory related to a conspiracy. Oh yeah, play the clip here. Yeah, below is a, really a video clip. clip in exchange on power and politics.
3: We do not need the WHO to limit our healthcare sovereignty. We need to create our own pandemic strategy where our government is accountable to us. Canada is a sovereign nation. It should maintain control of its healthcare system, including its pandemic response and planning. We need to increase the capacity of hospitals to deal with the pandemic. We need to make sure that we have pandemic funding that will relieve some of the burden that was put on the healthcare system when we look at lockdowns lockdowns are an indication of a broken healthcare system we need to make sure that we create beds that we can better respond to pandemics and we do not need an international organization like the who to tell us how to do that and and certainly hey. i'm not trying to take away from the, the points that you make there i think many canadians listening would agree with you that this country needs to take a very uh, close look at the way in which it handled the pandemic, the way in which it might handle a future pandemic. What I am asking you though, is why you're sounding an alarm uh, and, and making it an insinuation or an implication that Canada would give up its sovereignty to a global organization, which is part and parcel of bigger theories out there that are criticized as being conspiracy theories, right? To try and sort of undermine faith in global institutions. Why would you posit that kind of theory Without evidentiary proof of it. Because that is a fact. Because 191 nations are meeting to draft a global pandemic treaty. And that is a fact. It is not a conspiracy. It is not a theory. Oh. It is not a conjecture. It is oh. not postulation. It is actually happening. And so Canadians need to get involved mm. and make sure that any treaty that they are bound to that they are in agreement with that. And my position is that. We need our own treaty. We need our own pandemic response before we can even contemplate any international treaty. We don't even have our own pandemic response. So how is it that we would not think that a global pandemic treaty that we sign on to would be the regulating factor when we do not have our own pandemic response? We need our own pandemic response. Oh, oh! Love every it
0: was part good. of that answer. Yeah, it was. That good. was amazing because, like, the whole like, and you, you can tell the leg. This is CBC. Yeah. Remember, the CBC doesn't work for you. They're not objective. Uh, they work for Trudeau. Yeah, their whole goal is to de- de- discredit, delegitimize and and, any, delegitimize, and power. to make them look bad like they're some kind of crazy person. Doctor Leslie Lewis's answer was so. Defensible. It was incredible. Mm -hmm. She basically said, like, this isn't a conspiracy. They want to make a treaty so that if we make a treaty, we have to do what we agree to. That is catering to, like, foreign uh, interests, not
1: our own. And, of course, something we've we've been talking about on the show for ages. Even if Canada gets input on WHO policy concerning this treaty... The WHO still takes input from every other officially recognized country on the planet, especially large donors like the People's Republic of China Mm
2: -hmm. and other
1: non-governmental organizations and charities. Simply put, the less a country's government does its own research and planning internally, the more its Mm -hmm. ability to operate becomes reliant on third parties outside of the nation's borders.
0: And not to mention, like, making a treaty, like, that every country's going to respond the same doesn't make sense. A country like Australia, that is an island nation, their 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 response is going to be very different than a country like Switzerland, which is basically like completely landlocked and has a completely different interaction with neighboring countries. I mean, every country has to model their response based on their own demographics, their own demographics, their own situation, their own everything. It's insane. So that was a very defensible answer. And this is what I like, where you don't apologize for your answer. You no, just you defend know. it. You defend it. This is a proper defense. And she does the same thing with the the guy from CTV that I used to like this guy, but I'm starting to realize that he is also um, a, you know, like another, like beholden to like the, the, the Trudeau regime. So this is from uh, CTV.
1: Oh, I was, like, looking at this story, I'm like, what the heck? Because it has the same kind of intro and it has the WHO video. I was like, what's going on? (laughs) You thought it was the same story? Yeah. I'm not going to read that because we just covered it. Yeah. So... This week, Dr. Lewis in another interview had to push back on CTV question period Evan Solomon, who in a similar fashion to Capello's tried to take a swipe at her for taking a perfectly reasonable position on issue, this time on the Freedom Convoy. Solomon noted that Dr. Lewis has support of the Freedom Convoy in Ottawa and used the critical statements of CPC leadership, Ken John Cheney, against the convoy, yeah. asked her if it was a mistake to support the movement. Yeah. Dr. Lewis explained that the protest outside of Parliament was fully peaceful, and she was proud to be the first leadership candidate to support the truckers' push to end the mandate. She also added that she was always against the border blockades; and they were not part of the official Freedom Convoy 2022 protests. She mm-hmm. then implied, tr- tried to imply that in Solomon, tried to the, then imply that in some backward way, Dr. Lewis indirectly supported people trying to overthrow the Canadian government
0: mm-hmm. when you
1: were supporting. Yeah, we're just going to watch it because it's... They're just liars. Just yeah. go,
0: like, it, it's incredible Hang what he does. It.
1: Let me talk about another divisive issue that's come into this campaign. Support for the trucker protest. You openly supported it. Jean Charest, mm-hmm. who's running against you as for the leadership, said he characterized that as an illegal blockade. And he said... He's you a liar. ...can choose to support it. Yeah, Jean and Charest, Charest is a do you support
3: joke. the uh, trucker protest? And do you think Jean Charest is right that you made a mistake supporting what he calls an illegal blockade? No. Well, Evan, I was one of the first uh, members of Parliament to come out in support of the Trupper pro- protest. And I was the only one at the beginning in this race that did support the Trupper protest when it was not popular. I to will say, so. I don't like Some how came much came she blinks. Some came after they announced for leadership, <laughs> but I was the one who was, in, was the first to, to do that. And Evan, the Are reason all the why I supported it, I, I believe in law and order i do not support blocking critical infrastructures of any kind but, you but those infrastructures but you but, but, were cleared. but, but to be these fair but that's what were in they were front doing. Of parliament they were in front of parliament evan liar and they wanted to speak to the people whom they elect to to hear them and it was a huge loss opportunity evan that the prime minister didn't te- send a contingent out to speak to these individuals these are law-abiding Tax paying Canadian. Respectfully, respect Leslie Lewis, like you're right. an elected official. I have to push back respectfully when you are targeting them. The leader, my so people peers tell me to the
1: organizers had a petition that nope. wanted to overthrow nope. elected officials no. verifiable lie i covered it extensively you were obviously you did evidence. not no, do you your stuff
3: you, can, the canada unity evidence. website you collected spoke the money me about this before we spoke about this before and you know that that is not true because nobody was charged with acts of sedition if mm-hmm. there if that was true why were mischief charges laid
0: Acts of sedition charges should have been laid. Yeah. Yeah. So essentially, this is why... I mean, the, the here's the problem. The Canadian public, and I've, I've talked to lots of people about this. The Canadian public, you talk to them, and you, and you ask them, like, what do you think about CNN? What do you think about, like, you know... Uh, you know, like, oh yeah, they're totally biased. They're, they're 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 fake news and all that kind of stuff. And then you're like, what do you think about like CBC and CTB? and like, oh yeah, they're pretty good. You know, that they they, they they try to be fair. And, and I'm like, they're the same thing. They're worse actually, because they're they're beholden to the government. They take payments from the government. They basically they're fully uh you know they're fully centered by the government. This is a verifiable lie. What he did is he basically tried to create a fake association between groups uh-huh. two groups that were not associated. One group was the Canadian, what was the, what was the company, the uh, the organization that did the uh, petition? Um, Canada Unity. Yeah, Canada the Unity. So this is a an organization, I'm not gonna call them Fred, I'm just gonna call, them, call them, like they're just an organization. Yep. They tried to create a petition and their petition wasn't even like saying we need to overthrow the government. What they basically were saying is like, we need to, or like calling people to like ask the governor general Mm-hmm. To uh, like to uh, dissolve the government, I think yeah. it was what they they were calling. That's not even an insurrection. That's just like you know, like asking using the new, legal
1: processes.
0: Using the legal processes. I mean, is there is there a chance that would work? Like impossible. Mm-hmm. I don't think it would. There was any chance it would have worked. But this this is again the lies and deception used by the media, Canadian legacy media, which they try to they 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 they, they basically expect that their listeners mm-hmm. aren't going to look into this. And they're gonna be like, oh well, CTV said it, it must be true. No, the CTB lied to you. Yeah. CTB, what they didn't tell you is that this comp this organization has absolutely zero connection or any any kind of affiliation with the actual freedom truckers. Yep. Here's what Dr. Lewis did great, is she basically called him on his lies on, was nat- like, no, on you, national dude? TV. It's like, no, you and I talked about this. You know you're lying through yeah. your freaking teeth. You, Mm -hmm. like, you know, you hack.
1: Yeah, like, she does actually a really good job of exposing how easily and how manipulatively they lie to try and push all these narratives. And, like, they've pushed a new narrative almost every day about COVID, about lockdowns, about vaccines, about elections, about everything under the sun. And these reporters, while once considered serious and proper journalists... Are now nothing more than a joke, and a laughable, laughable stain upon our country.
0: They're basically sellouts. Every really? one of them is a sellout. Like you know, like the guy here, Solomon. The, you know, what's his name? Solomon, Evan Solomon.
1: Or... Yeah,
0: Evan Solomon. Okay, he isn't a journalist. He's no. literally like the the best description. I know that he has a some kind of official title, but here's what he actually is: he's an actor. That's what he is. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I hate to say, it. he's an actor. He sits in a studio. He reads whatever you tell him to read. He like puts on a suit. And then all yeah. his job just spews is out to, talking points. Talk, to repeat what the prompter said. And maybe when he's interviewing people, he has an agenda that he's been told to interview. That's what he is. He's an actor. Yeah. He's not a journalist. A journalist is a person who goes out and investigates what is actually happening out there. Most of the independent media in Canada are are actually journalists. The Canada Signal is mm-hmm. full of journalists. The Rebels journalists. Yep. The, uh, True North is gen- journalists. Western Standard. All these like independent ones. Mm-hmm. And there are some. There's still a remnant of journalists journalists in uh, some legacy media. Yeah. Uh, but not that many.
1: No. There. Like, like multi- you can yeah. you can point them out almost by name. Like I think yeah. about the the Globe and Mail. It's like who do I think of that's reliable in the Globe and Mail? Rex Murphy.
0: Yeah.
1: that's it. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, okay, then that's, that's not that. good. Mm-mm. But and that's
0: that's the problem with uh, like the media. The 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 real the purpose of the media was always to provide a pushback against government. Yeah. OK, that's one of the they're supposed to inform people and to hold the government accountable. Yeah. The problem is we're now seeing a shift where the media is no longer independent mm-hmm. and separate from the government. They are now one and the same. They're exactly like the uh, like the media you saw in V for Vendetta, where you have the government and the government has this little like media guy in there. It's like, oh, by and the way, just here's the story story. Here's the story you're going to tell the people and make sure you make it convincing. Oh, don't worry. We'll line up a couple of experts that will testify that the trucker pro convoy was really dangerous and illegal. And we'll line up some cop that will be like, oh yeah, they're really mean to me. And uh some pro we'll 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 make sure to place a protester in there that will make them look bad. And like, you know, like this is the problem. This is why when when that guy said, like, you know, oh, sowing showing distrust. And our oh, that, sorry, that was the CBC lady. Sowing distrust. This is a new talking point. The idea is that uh, oh, the people who are criticizing, they're making us distrust our our institutions. Well, mm-hmm. here's the thing: are our institutions worthy of trust? Because mm-hmm. if they're all lying, and if the if the AHS Can and all the health new people institutions, are lying, you need to yeah, they need to be held accountable for their lies. Yep. It's like they're not sacred and they're not untouchable. They are like, you know, they they should be held accountable. Mm-hmm. That is a that is a talking point that is nonsensical. You know, if you're doing a great job, totally. great. If you're doing a terrible job, you,
1: you kind of should be. You should crap. be changing the way you do things and you should be open to being called out about it.
0: And, and and this is, but this is even worse than doing a bad job. This is our governments lying to their people. Yeah. That's even worse than doing a bad
1: job. Mm-hmm. And being... this is only a part of it. Yeah. So the Ottawa police banned vehicle-based protests, including Rolling Thunder motorcycle convoy. Mm-hmm. So the auto police service has announced that due to the Freedom Convoy, they will now bar vehicle-based or supported protests from the downtown core, including a motorcycle convoy headed to the city this weekend to celebrate freedom. The event mm-hmm. dubbed Rolling Thunder is estimated Mm. to have attracted between 500 and 1,000 people who are set to arrive in the nation's capital on Friday and leave Sunday. The OPS announcement means that the rally participants will now be barred from using their vehicles downtown, be creating vehicle exclusion zones, which cover a large portion of the city's downtown core. We'd identified that based on what's occurred in our city over the last number of months, that vehicle-based protests shouldn't occur in that area, said auto police Steve. Police. Is that chief? No, he's not the chief. It's just representative Steve Bell. Uh-huh. Our communities are scarred, but what happened in February, scarred. They will. They are deeply hurt and affected by that. They expect us to maintain community safety and well-being in their area. They're putting plans in place to make sure we do that. Yeah, the Ottawa police are just full of shite because uh-huh. Ottawa became safer during the convoy.
2: Uh-huh.
1: So they're banning vehicle-based protests because they want to discourage anyone standing up or openly dissenting against the government regime.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: and the, like they've done the same thing right here in calgary when we did our last coverage of the protests that they've done about we go to the protest about once every two months and mm-hmm. the last coverage last time we went which was in early march mid-march yeah yeah it was a while ago yep yeah. so when we went we when we went there were new impositions upon the upon the movement that yeah. we had to use sidewalks, that mm-hmm. we couldn't use any sort of like sound amplification at the certain park. We mm-hmm. couldn't do this. We couldn't do this. Mm-hmm. We couldn't do that. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then we had to move the location last minute. And we are like, yeah, we kind of have to keep this a secret from the police because mm-hmm. the police are only acting upon the instruction of their tyrannical overlords.
0: Yeah. Uh, here's the thing. Um, uh, by the way, well, um, I have to. This- I'm going to uh, mention this, but I, I sent you a message on uh, Messenger, which is very relevant to what we're talking about here. So, uh, see if you can pull that up. So, um, so what happens is, we what what the regular public sees is we see the cops, the police, and they're the ones that are basically uh, you know enforcing these laws. But the what the the people really in charge of these laws are the um, are the people in charge. So what happened is. The Calgary, the Calgary City Council, uh, led by some of the most like absolutely like nut job, uh, extreme leftists, they basically imposed a, a, an injunction. They sought an injunction, in ex parte, which they always do because this, this is how they abuse the system, and they basically made an injunction. The problem here is that the the city is enforcing this selectively. So this is uh, the post from Calgary Freedom Central, which they they always know. Everything that's going on. Here's what they said. Uh, they've announced that the temporary injunction from March 18th against the amplified devices, honking, blockading roads, has ended and they're no longer pushing for a permanent one. This comes after police chief Mark Newfield was called out last week for publicly admitting selective enforcement of the injunction, stating that they intended to allow hockey fans to violate it freely for the Red Mile but would continue to use it to target people protesting mandates. This is... A mm-hmm. very obvious principle in law is that the law has to be applied equally. Yep. If you are selectively enforcing the like, let's say, for example, if you're if you're if you have the, the law against theft in Calgary and you are not enforcing it against people who are minorities like, black, you know, like black people, Latino people or like, you know, like Native Americans and they can walk into a store and steal whatever they want. And they, they have no consequences, but white people get you know charged. Yeah, then you're actively like you're you're not you're creating an unjust system. Yep. This is the exact same thing that the Calgary police. This is our Calgary police uh you know commissioner or like chief saying, Oh yeah, we're going to selectively apply the law. Mm-hmm. That is that should that should put chills down your back. And this is exactly what they did in Ottawa. We we talked about it a few uh, a few weeks ago. How Ottawa, um, how there was a judge that basically said, like, yeah, the the protests in Ottawa were not illegal. He basically concluded that, and mm-hmm. everyone was like, truckers were right, and we all know that that that, uh, that there's nothing illegal about peaceful protests, right? But the government keeps trying to to say the same lies to the populace through the media. Oh, dangerous, illegal, 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 illegal. Repeating it over and over and over until people believe. Like, well, it's got to be true because they keep saying it.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. The problem is um, you and you and I, Stephen. We don't believe them because there's there's a there's such a thing as a pathological liar. Yeah. If you and I have a friend, let's say for example, like, and let's say you at home. Let's say you have a friend, and they have a incredible reputation for like constantly lying to you. And like, they're like, oh, I heard that Johnny's having uh, an affair and all that. And you find out, like, oh, they're not actually having an affair at all. It's like, oh, I, I you know, oh, not, not, my bad. And I'm like, oh, this person's getting an abortion. I'm like, no, no, they're not driving even pregnant. Really not. I'm like, oh, okay. It's like, oh, this person, like, you know, yeah, they sold their, their car in the black market. I'm like, no, they actually sold their car legally. Like, eventually, you, you you have to stop start and be like, I don't believe you.
3: Yep.
2: <gasps> you lost <gasps> credibility. How, how could you, you
1: commit such me? a dangerous attack against me it's like yeah. well, no it's based on all available evidence and experience to say mm-hmm. you are not an honest person you are not an honest or truthful source of facts you're not worthy of trust mm-hmm. you're not worthy of trust and mm-hmm. i i understand like it's it's a big hurdle to mm-hmm. say it's like these news sources that I've used since I, that I've used and listened to since I was a kid.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Like as a family, we would watch CBC news. We would watch the national almost every night when mm-hmm. I was like six to 12. Mm-hmm. Cause it was the one thing we were allowed to stay up past 10 to watch
2: mm-hmm.
1: was the news. Mm-hmm. But now it's like, Oh, well I trusted these, these sources of news growing up, but now they are so utterly propagandistic and they are so utterly dishonest Mm -hmm. that you have to openly say no we can't trust you anymore we can't trust what you're saying is truthful nothing and the narratives that you're pushing are not just incorrect they are harmful and deliberately disingenuous so to target a certain segment of the population with Mm -hmm. dissents against the government's story
0: and here's the thing, like you know, I I, I don't know if you heard this, Stephen. I hear I'm hearing this more often now. Whenever you hear somebody, uh, like say, like you know, oh the the left is biased, then people respond be like, oh all media's like the right and the left are biased, like they're all they're all biased. And I heard this on the Tim Pool podcast. There's like the you no know, older lady that came out with her son, and I'm like she's a nice enough lady, but I'm like she she was hopefully naive. Like I I I don't have anything against her. She was very naive. Yeah. about what what's really happening. But here's the problem with that idea. And I hear this all the time. People say like, oh, like there's bias on both sides. I'm like, no, hold on a second. Okay. let no. Let me give you a great example. Okay, let's hold up Daily Wire. Daily Wire does not hide that the, the fact that they're conservative. Yeah, they openly say it. Okay, they openly say it. Then let's take Daily Wire and let's take CNN. Okay, Daily Wire, if they get things wrong, which they sometimes do, they will, they will admit it and they will go straight up and they will, they will tell you and they will correct the story. They'll, CNN they'll, gets something wrong. They'll admit they it. They'll print a retraction
1: yeah. on the first page. They'll be like, yeah, yeah we messed up. Or yeah. like, say say something like Steven Crowder. If Steven Crowder mm-hmm. makes a mistake, even a small one on a like, they make a comedic sketch about it. It's like, odd oh, Monish. Yeah, yeah. But like, I mean, that's what conservatives do when they get stuff wrong. When yeah. the left, like going back to your example about CNN, when CNN says something that's wrong, They'll either like print a retraction on page eighteen,
2: mm-hmm.
1: or they'll or be they'll like double down, or they'll double down. They'll be like, "Well, we might have made a small error, but in general, the massive overarching narrative proves our point."
0: Yeah, and they, they can't even like, admit that on big, obvious, like debunked things, like the Russian narrative that that's yeah. been proven wrong, and they can't let it go. Nope. So look at like what happened in. Um, like, in uh, in the States, um, the Washington Post, they clearly uh, doxed the Libs of TikTok account, mm-hmm. the lady. And then they – but they they did it in a deceptive way. They In the, their initial post, they, they clearly, like, showed her address. And then they changed it in order to hide their tracks. Yep. But, like, you know, like, intrepid, like, journalists, like, found out very quickly and very easily that, like, yeah, they totally did this on purpose. Yep. And when they called him out on it, no, no the, nothing but excuses, right?
1: Mm-hmm. And then here
0: in Canada, uh, a great example was Viva Fry. Yeah, Viva Fry on one of his—he's uh, a great uh, podcaster. If you ever uh, mm-hmm. recommend watching him, he's a legal analyst. He—he uh, he, caught—I think I don't know if it was CBC. It's like one of the one of the legacy media. He caught them making a completely false statement about him. Yeah, and he threatened, "You need to retract this." otherwise I will you know like you know go after yeah. you and then they they in that same later on they changed the, the the story, but it was still wrong yeah they still got it wrong and then they only changed it on their online but not on their print publication. so yeah. anybody who follows them is like unless you're very adept and very on top of things, you're not gonna see that no like he caught them red-handed. Making a verifiable lie to the point where he could actually sue them for slander. Yeah, and they not only did they 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 didn't like apologize or even correct the mistake properly. They they used edit, deceptive uh, methods to try to hide it from the public. Yep, like these are not trustworthy, not trustworthy people, organizations, which is why I don't trust them. And it's yeah. not that they're the same; that they're both biased. No, one is dishonest, and they do it on purpose one
1: tries to to be be honest in almost all encounters and if they happen to have a segment which was even mildly dishonest they will openly come forth and admit it and they'll do Mm -hmm. so publicly and not try and hide it because they care about the truth and Mm -hmm. not pushing forth a colloquial narrative
0: yeah this is why for me um, one of the things I, I, I'm trying to do very intentionally is I'm trying to present media or news from sources that I know because they have a track record of being reputable and, and at least trying to present the news mm-hmm. in a, an objective manner. And they try to be uh, try to be responsible in the reporting. Yeah. I mean, sometimes you have to use some sources like BBC or CBC um, uh, for certain reasons. But for the most part, I like to avoid them. Yep. just because I don't like I don't like the, what they do they, they're deceptive and if you're gonna listen to a CBC or CTV story you should always double check it on a mm-hmm. very, on a more trustworthy site to check what they're saying yep because you know the, I don't know they can't be trusted so okay. always be very yep.
1: discerning about your media we could go on and on this about this for hours but we, we won't could. because mm. we have to finish the show So, that is where we're going to end today's show. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. If you're following us on our video platforms, such as Bitchute, YouTube, and Rumble, again, YouTube is solely reserved for live streams, which is on Thursday. And once again, Thursday, 8 o'clock Mountain Time live stream. It's going to be here. It's going to be on Facebook. It's going to be on Twitter. It's going to be on Twitch. And it's going to be on YouTube. And of course, you can find all the links for all of that on our website or... On Bitchute, YouTube, and Rumble by searching up the Shrewd Dudes Podcast,
2: mm-hmm.
1: or you can find us on Twitter as I sh- highlighted early in the show at at the Shrewd's Dudes Cast. The Shrewd Dudes Podcast, no? no, it's the Shrewd Cast. It's the Shrewd Dudes Cast.
2: Oh, good. To it's know. not
1: even the. It's Shrewd's Shrewd Dudes Cast. So good that's how you can find us on Twitter because we're trying to become more prominent on Twitter because Elon Musk took it over. Speaking Mm -hmm. of Twitter, if you're following us on our text platforms like Twitter, Gitter, Parler, and Facebook, then don't forget to like, to follow, to share, to retweet, to do everything and all of the above to try and share this content. Because, of course, that is how truth gets out. Because otherwise, the legacy media will control everything.
0: Oh, by the way, quick, just to say this really quick. uh, A big announcement. Lives of TikTok has officially reached 1 million subscribers. Woo! Nice. That was pretty cool. Very cool. I was Very excited cool. about that.
1: Yeah. All right. And I think that's all for today. Mm-hmm. So make sure and follow us on our various platforms. And Danny, sign us out. Oh, we late. love you guys. You
0: guys are awesome. And uh, thank you for putting up with our chattiness. But, you know, hopefully we're hoping you learn something. Uh, here at the Shrewd Podcast, we always like to remind you, I always like to encourage you, uh, why be rude when you can be shrewd instead? All right. Good night, everybody.
1: Good night, everybody. We'll see you on Thursday for a live stream. And until then, as always, God bless.